Welcome to the Quick Fill Podcast. I'm Julie Hurley. Hi, I'm Randy. <laughs> and uh, we're here today with episode number three on internal selling, if that makes sense. So um, basically, we're going to run through, you know, you are a sales rep and you have a brand new job that just hit your desk today and you want your team to start working on it um, and you get some pushback on it. So what are the issues there? Or on the flip side, you are a recruiter, you have a hot candidate that you feel you just you talked to for the first time, you just got their CV, and now you want your team to find them a job. So um, why are we having issues like convincing our team members to um, kind of work together and and work on our, on our job orders and our new recruits? Wait, I have to sell them to do that? That's their job to do that. <laughs> Yes, it is their job to do that. Well, that's, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that too. It's, well, it's their job to go work on that. You know, it's, I sent out a job, they should be getting me submittals to it or vice versa. I sent out a candidate, he's great. They, so, guy yeah, and but no one will find him a job. No one's gonna <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I've been doing this and no one finds anything for him. It's useless. And a huge piece of this is the internal sales. You need to sell yourself to your colleagues. Why should I work on your job when I'm planning my day over someone else's job? Especially early on when you might not have as much sales as that other person. You know, if someone's a top biller and you need to catch them or you want to catch them or you want to make as much as they do, you need to really sell people to work on your jobs. Um, so there's a lot of ways to do that, I think, um, and well, and work on your job, and also to market your candidates too. So it goes on both sides, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of ways to do that. But the first piece, I guess, is just the mindset that you have to do it. You know, it, you have to sell yourself internally until you reach a certain point where your team knows your quality, trusts you, um, trusts your judgment, and um, and they're and you're showing them that you know when they work on your job that you have feedback. Um, but up until that point, yes, you do have to sell them. Um, and really, it's, it's, it shouldn't be that hard of a sell. If you're doing your job and you are focused on quality and communication um, and really understanding your client or your candidate, the the sell, it shouldn't, maybe the one or two jobs, you might have to, you know, talk yourself up to your team. But once they see that the quality is there and that you truly understand what's going on and what your client needs or what your candidate needs, um, you know, the rest is kind of history. They're going to want to start working on your on your jobs or with your candidates because they know you know your, what you're talking about, um, which really isn't always the case. Yeah, I think the quality piece, it's... People need to know that your work is quality, right? Because it affects the people they work so hard to get in as candidates or get in as clients. If I, I'm a recruiter, Julie, and you're, you're a, a sales rep, and you throw out 50 jobs a month, but they're not really quality, and I pitch five of these jobs match up with this new provider I just caught in, he's coming available, and I pitch all five jobs to him, he's giving me this chance to work with him, I'm excited because I've done a great interview with him, I know everything about him, I like, tapped into his network, this could be the greatest relationship I've ever had with a provider, and it could be so beneficial for me. And I send him to five of your jobs, 
and you never get feedback on any of them. Well, it's very difficult to go back and say, I pitched five jobs and we didn't hear back on any of them. <laughs> There's a huge issue there. Yeah. And now I have to relay that back because I'm a good recruiter and I give bad news, good news, and no news to my providers. And I have to tell them that we had five jobs that I gave him that weren't realistic. And he's never worked with me before. He's only worked with three other agencies who this never happened with. He might be, I don't know, damages the relationship a little. Uh, no relationship's ever fully damaged. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's not a good look. And I don't know if I want to work with you anymore. Yeah, you got to backtrack quite a bit for sure to gain their trust again to, yeah, to and get the opportunity and consideration to work yeah, and so now internally, um, I'm like, well, five of those jobs are no good. So what about the rest of them? Right. So now automatically, as a recruiter, he's like, her jobs are crap. Never again am I going to submit to her jobs. Um, on the flip side, if every single one of those jobs I came running back with feedback um, and I we were setting up interview times or maybe the client had questions to you know dive into further on his doctor or his candidate um, and and I'm able to talk through that with all five clients, guess what? He's going to want to work on my jobs all the time because I'm, I'm just as much as he understands his doctor and communicating with his doctor, I'm doing the same with my client. And we, we, can, easily, we can easily work together because it's the communication is going back and forth. Um, but say on the flip side, he you know, sends me a candidate I, like he said, is able to, is submitting to five of my jobs. I send them to five of my jobs, but he's really lacking a lot of the information maybe um, in the guy's job history or about, he says he has a clean, a clean background, no malpractice. Well, maybe he asked him about malpractice, but he didn't find out that the guy um, was just in jail for selling drugs. Um, (laughs) And... It's, it's sad that it's, it's that's probably one of the most common things yes. that pops up. Yes. So now here I am. This guy does look great on paper until I send him to my client. My client does a little digging deeper into this guy's background, and I find out that this guy who I sent to five of my clients now has, you know, a, a history of going to jail because he was selling drugs. He's a poster boy on baddoc.com. Yes. They didn't have to dig very far. <laughs> So now how does that make me look to my clients? Um, You know, it it looks like I wasn't doing my job and really investigating this guy's background when really, I, you know, I I shouldn't have to take that extra step and do more digging when I should be able to trust Randy that he dug into the guy's background, really understood, um, you know, any little slip up that could have potentially come up, he should have gotten that information um so that that makes me look bad so now maybe they're going to second guess anyone else that i have to to show them moving forward yeah you don't you don't want to use up someone else's mistakes internally right i'm going to make mistakes that's going to happen i'm going to make them with clients i'm going to make them with providers but when someone else that i work with uses up one of my strikes that makes my life tougher maybe i'm hesitant to work with them moving forward so it's just quality. You need to show that you are in depth in, with your work. And, you know, again, like you said, if you're in depth taking jobs or in depth with providers, people are going to now, it's going to flip the script a little bit down the road. You start to get a great reputation, right? I work with Julie. 
everything I send over to her, I get feedback on or it closes, um, you know, and vice versa. I love Randy's candidates because they're deliverable. They are what he says they are. And now people see that that resonates too, where now it becomes like shark tank. Everyone's coming to you and pitching their people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be through your reputation of quality. And I think a lot of that also has to do with being honest with yourself. You know, sometimes like on the sales side, you're, you're taking a job and you maybe you hang up the phone and you realize, shoot, I forgot to ask them how many patients there are a day. Right. And so you're like, oh, well, I'll just write down the average and tell my recruiters it's the average number. Well, instead of like trying to get your client back on the phone to, to ask that question. So you give your, your recruiters that false information. And in reality, this client, their their facility has super high volume. So now nobody can do a great job because your recruiters are telling their doctors they're going to see 10 patients a day when really they're going to see 22. And maybe these doctors don't want to see 22 patients a day or don't thrive in a facility that see 22 patients a day. Um, so being honest with yourself and when you don't have all the information telling your recruiters, I don't have this yet, but let me go find out. Um, rather than just trying to brush by it because that it's, that's never, you're never going to benefit from that. Um, so I'd say quality being honest with yourself. Yeah. I'd say the next one in any sales, what do you have to do to get sales? You have to advertise, right? So I take a great job. I know it's a great job. I have all the details. I'm getting it out in front of people anytime I can talk about it. Anytime I have correspondence with the client to get more information or get feedback, I'm continuously putting that job in front of them to show them there's communication and movement. Same thing with the provider. I'm updating my team on anything that may have changed, could change, other jobs that are in the works for this available provider, whatever it is, I'm getting it in front like an ad. It's going to be a commercial in front of them at all times. So the first time they come across someone that might be a fit to help me with a placement with this provider or client, the first thing they think of is me because it's it's been in front of them at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I think another big piece is kind of like what we touched upon in our last podcast is having strong leadership in place to actually put a process together. So there are no questions of what information I'm gathering when I'm taking a job, what information am I gathering and is required when I bring in a new candidate. If I've covered my grounds and gotten every piece of information that I know I need, um, then there really should be very minimal issues going back and forth. Um, so that's really going to help you as, you know, a sales rep or a recruiter making sure like those, you know, the interview intake form, those aren't there just to be annoying. They're there to make sure you cover your grounds. And, and you know, if it's done efficiently and effectively and if the interview intake form is really hits all the points that are necessary and doesn't, you know, sometimes we've seen some that are actually very weak and doesn't have enough information. Yeah. Sometimes we've seen them that has maybe a little bit too much information that might not be necessary. But if you tweak the form so it's just right, um, there really should be very little issues when you, um, you know, have a candidate that you're trying to sell your team um, unless you're half-assing that form. Yeah, it's and that's something I'm sure we'll get into down the road a lot. But your forms, your documents you have to support your team, those are tools. And you need the right tools and you need good tools to do stuff. It's 
People use a drill when they have to screw in a lot of things. <laughs> they don't use a screwdriver. You don't build a house with a screwdriver, right? You have a tool that can do it more efficiently, can do it faster, can do it better. So it's the same thing. Don't half-ass your sheets that you're putting out there. Make it so that if people aren't using them, understand why and fix it so that they can use them to, to better. Yeah, and I, I mean, it should really be used as a tool to help the conversation flow um, as well as making sure you have the checks and balances of gaining all the information that you, you need from your candidate or while taking a job. Um, so, yeah, like Randy said, if people aren't using them, there's there's an issue there and there's a reason why. So maybe it's just the questions don't flow in the right way and it's kind of all over the place and so they just get confused when they use it. Um, so really taking a look at that and making sure that it makes sense um, if you're talking to someone, you're the leader and maybe you're not recruiting. Well, pretend like you're, you know, you're going to interview someone and go through the form. Do the questions yep. make sense? Yeah, you should understand it. And um, no, that's a great point. And so my last one, and I don't know if you'll have any others after, but this is my pillar. This is like the biggest one for me. Um, and it just kind of came to me. I wasn't thinking of it at first, but transparency of your communication with your side of the business. Mm -hmm. So if the, my biggest pet peeve is, you know, you ask someone about a job and they said, yeah, I just talked to the client and they said this, or yeah, the client just emailed me this. And then they forward it out and they typed in what the client said in the email. You know, they just emailed me back, but instead of forward it, I decided to retype everything or I forwarded the email and I deleted all the correspondence before just be transparent. I mean, that shows you're hiding, hiding you're hiding something. What, what are you hiding? I mean, unless you're having a really weird conversation with your client, which I mean, if it's helping seals, then fine, but you should be able to put that out there. You should be able to, anything you're doing, like if you're not sharing it, there is a reason behind it. So (laughs) that's a really um, good one. Yeah. And and you know, you being a leader and having you know people work underneath you, you you get that a lot. You one of your teammates will send you an email like, "Hey, what do I do in this situation?" But the five <laughs> previous correspondents are all deleted. You're like, "What? Well, <laughs> what, what happened?" You, you call them out, and they just start laughing, or they're like, "Oh, oh my gosh!" Like, and they get all embarrassed because you know they're they know i mean that right there they've admitted to themselves without really coming forward and admitting to you that whatever they did previously screwed up something yeah so (laughs) you do see that a lot yeah and so that's the biggest piece and and you find other people notice it too and they may not call that person out but they're thinking it why why are you retyping this why are you why couldn't I hear you talk to that person? Why did you delete the other stuff? I mean, they're not just sitting there and thinking. Yeah, you have a sales rep that goes into the other room, goes into an office every time they talk to this client yeah, or the candidate. I mean, what what's the deal with that? I mean, you should be able to have the conversation right there on the floor in front of the rest of your team. Um, there's a reason that that person is hiding in the corner. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, affect, it affects other people. Like, why would they? Why would they not be doing it in front of the people that it affects? And you know, like, forwarding the emails too. Why would you not want all the details in there so that everything that is going on in the relationship is communicated? So, I think that's the quickest way to get people to not trust you is to give them a blatant reason. Hey, don't trust me because I don't trust you guys to have whatever information I put mm-hmm. under here. I'm being sneaky or whatever. And uh, you know, I think it's. 
the majority of the time they're hiding something out. But sometimes it's, you know, maybe you're a salesy person and, and you put something in there that was great. You showed your personality. It was a little corny, but it worked. Like share it. Because when you delete it, because you're just not confident that, oh, someone's going to laugh at me because I sent an emoji of a puppy smiling. Like, just show the puppy smiling so they know that's how it was. Um, rather than to delete it, and now they're like, well, what really went on here? You know, just, it's a puppy. People like puppies. <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, people really appreciate you having, get picking up the phone and having a hard conversation with your client in front of them. Um all too often, you know, a lot of people try to get by with like just emailing back and forth when you can just get to the bottom of it, pick up the phone. Um, you create the buzz in the group um, when when you're when you're having that hard conversation. And not only um, does it create the transparency and it lets people see that you're doing your job, um, it can also be used as like a learning a great learning tool for some other people sure. on the team to that maybe wouldn't know how to address that that issue um, the same way. So yeah, it's showing you know people learn through seeing what worked for other people and what didn't work. So you're gonna just improve other people by showing them examples of your work. Mm-hmm. So I think obviously some good points there. I mean, there's at the end of the day, right? Have the mindset accept it. You must sell internally. You must do quality work. You need to advertise. You need to communicate. You need to be transparent. Um, If you do all those things, then you really just, it's pretty much saying do the job right and people are going to, are going to work hard for you. Um, But just really, it's in the mindset that you need to get people focused on your work and why they should work for you. That's going to happen until you're the top biller in the place with the top results. Um, Anything else? No, I think that's great. And I think, you know, if, if you have a team that follows all of those steps, the buzz that they're going to create, the energy that that brings, everyone's going to be want, want to work together. Um, and that's really going to drive the group and drive revenue. Yeah, I think that's actually a great point to add in. It, it tries to, it makes your team communicate more. Mm-hmm. And that's the name of the game, right? You're not, that's why people are out on sales floors, bullpens. And everyone doesn't have their own little office, at least in most successful companies. We want you to communicate. Communication is what leads to deals being made, leads to activity. So, you know, obviously staying in touch about this stuff, continuing to communicate what's going on with things, make sure everyone's on the same page, working most effectively towards a common goal. So great point there. And great. That pretty much wraps it up. Yeah, definitely. So any questions on, you know, selling yourself internally? Um, methods to do so better um, or even just feedback definitely let us know um, and like share send to people um, you know just (laughs) let us know what you think thanks guys